I think we all struggle and it's kind of finding those different ways to bring yourself back to understanding that that God loves you, you're created in his image, we are a child of God and kind of refocusing on that aspect. That was Dr. Amy Bragg Carey and this is the Things Above podcast. Oh, my guest today is Dr. Amy Bragg Carey. She is the president of Friends University, which is where this podcast comes from. We are housed here at Friends University. I teach at Friends University. I've been at Friends University for 32 years. Hard to believe. I was just a child. But uh, I love this place, and Dr. Carey has been the president for seven years. And I invited her onto the podcast today because, well, a lot of reasons, but One is that central to her life is her faith, and she supports the Christian mission of this university, not just supports it, she's the driving force in many ways, and what we do with the Apprentice Institute and this podcast. So welcome, Dr. Carey. I shall call you Amy. Sure. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Usually you call me ABC. ABC, Amy Brad Carey. That's right. That's so cool that your name is Amy Brad Carey, ABC. I, uh, I think I broke that one out at your, like an inaugurating some something in right, front of at a the lot inauguration, of people. and I was kind of hoping it would stick. Yeah, you know that I'd have a cool nickname, nickname. but I. It, it does. Yes. Yeah. Not really, Jim. I think you're the only one that calls me Amy. Well, they're ABC. scared. They're scared of you. Uh, you're the boss. Okay. That's what it. I'm not scared of you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, but, um, you know, the thing that is at the center of your life, and the thing that I'm connect to so much is your faith. Mm-hmm. Your, I mean, the first time I met you, we had a one-on-one meeting and, um, and you let me know that you were here for the Christian mission, that it was at the heart of what you want your, your whole life and everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed in that meeting. We were, I don't know, we met maybe an hour, but I walked away going, okay, I have not met anybody in that position like that. How did you become How did Christ become so central to your life? Well, just to first say, too, yes, I was hired to be the champion of the Christian mission. So I take that responsibility, and I'm honored to do that uh, work here at Friends. So so it is a part of my role as the university president, but it is something that's, you know, very important and meaningful to me. You know, I, I grew up in a Christian home. And I was privileged to have um, wonderful parents that uh, loved the Lord. My father went to seminary, and my grandfather was a pretty well-known evangelical free church pastor. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had um, not a podcast, Jim, but he had a radio ministry back in the 1940s called the After Church Visit. And Mm. we actually have some of those recordings. Mm. And I every once in a while, I listen to them. It's it's really wonderful to hear him on that radio show. So he had a unique ministry as a pastor of a pretty uh, large church in Minneapolis and in Chicago, and then this radio ministry. So faith has been a part of my family, you know, for many, many decades. And my father is one who writes on theology and and does his own research and and, uh, loves the scriptures and so um, it's always been a part of that upbringing, but it's 
in my family, I think we were really intentional about indicating that you needed to figure this out for yourself. If this is the, the, the journey you want to be on and are you committed uh, to Christ? And it can't be just because you've grown up in a certain kind of family that you're in, that you've, that you have made that kind of commitment and, and desire uh, to follow the Lord. And so, so I did that when I was young, but you know, when you, you make those kinds of commitments as a child, you think through those through the years, right? You know, you're considering, you know, how serious is my faith? And so I would just say that it's been a journey. Like so many people, you're on this journey, you have the twists and turns, and sometimes you're more committed, dedicated, serious um, about following Jesus and really living into that. And then I think that continues as, you know, even here, as I've come to Friends University, learning more about some of the spiritual practices that you speak about, Jim, in Christian spiritual formation and some things that I really haven't been as focused on, you know, until I came here. So I think those are the things that, you know, we're constantly kind of learning more about the the spiritual life, the kingdom life. And that's just been a part of my life and my journey. And um, it's important to me. And I'm so grateful that there is this hope that we have, that we have as, as people who, who follow Jesus Christ. And I often think, I don't know how I would do this work and live my life without that hope that is just so, so deep and so important. I totally agree. I think that a lot. I mean, I think that when I look at world events, and I think that when I look at situations with family and friends and trials and the, the valleys and think, wow, what would I do? Because I rely so much on on Christ who's with me all the time. And um, man, so I, I, I love that. Thanks for sharing your story. You know, I think sometimes um, people you see in public, you're, you're a public person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as a university president. And sometimes I think people can can turn on the religious side or the Christian side when you need to, when it's appropriate. Uh, it's the real deal with you, though. I mean, it's <laughs> you, it is it is part and parcel of who you are. It's it it drives what you do, and so for me, it's been wonderful to see you as an authentic Christ follower doing this job because it's a hard job. University president is is I mean, it, it's everything is kind of on your backs, you know, in which you know uh, if anything goes wrong anywhere, you're the captain of the ship. And so to see how you've done that with grace. Um, so here's a little bit of a curveball-y question, though. Okay. What do you do with doubt? Are there times, because you mentioned there are seasons, are there times when you you do struggle a little bit? Because I think many listeners may go through that. I do. I mean, I, I think, you know, had Frederick Buechner said, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. I mean, they kind of, I'm not afraid of doubts anymore. I used to kind of think, oh, I shouldn't doubt. But how, how do you see that or or experience that? That's a good question, Jim, and I think that we all experience that, right? And yeah. and I think I probably doubt decisions or is this the way that that the path that God would have me on or have the university on and and I think and sometimes it's just really searching for that clarity, you know. And that can be very challenging sometimes because it's hard to know. So you're constantly kind of thinking about this is praying about it and is this what God would have me do or maybe I stepped 
out and went the wrong direction here, and how do I make that better? So I would say that that comes back to just getting myself back into the scripture and talking with friends and and people that have been really important in my life in terms of my spiritual growth. And, And they're also often really great about saying, no, no, this is the evil one trying to get mm-hmm. you off onto a different path here. And um, so I, th- I, th- I, would, I don't know if I really have a great answer to that other than I think we all struggle and it's kind of finding those different ways to, to bring yourself back to understanding that, that God loves you, you're created in his image, we are a child of God, and kind of refocusing on on that aspect. And I love worship music as well. And so sometimes I'll just put on some worship music and and that gets me focused again on worshiping God and, and centering in on who he is and, and how much he loves us. So let's talk about, about worship because that's a huge part of your own formation because you, not just you, but your whole family, like Brian, your husband. Yes has played and, and you've, you've sung in churches and uh, your, your son and daughter both uh, are gifted in leading worship. How did that emerge? Well, I've always been interested and loved music and actually met my husband. Um, we were in a band together, Christian sort of rock and roll. We okay, thought we were wait cool. wait a minute. Where are we going? But we weren't, we weren't exactly <laughs> uh, hip and cool, but we really had um, a wonderful time. Uh, being in a band together. And so music has been a part of our marriage, a part of our family, and particularly worship music. Brian and I were involved in a church uh, in Minnesota, really um, pretty large church, and so did worship music there. And then, as you say, now both of our kids are, are worship leaders and so big part of our life. In fact, our kids started uh, leading worship with us uh, when they were about 12 years old, each oh, wow. one of them. Yeah. So it's been a fun thing. And that is probably how God speaks to me most of the time, mm. is through music. Having the opportunity to listen to songs and just singing along. And it's in those moments that something will just really come to my mind and think, that's it. And yeah. so I... I relate to that, to worship through music. And I don't think worship is only through music, but that is one way that God can speak uh, to my soul. Oh, absolutely. I mean, music is, I asked my class yesterday, we were talking about beauty and the arts, and I just said, imagine for a minute that that music just vanished from the from the universe. And they their faces just got wide-eyed and like, I can't even imagine that, you know, because music is so important to us. So I think I believe it's embedded in our souls mm-hmm. and our, our embodied souls, our bodies. We hear the sounds and it does something. When you connect music to the transcendent to God, I mean, wow, some of the most beautiful music ever written was written. In, you know, what did Bach, everything was the, for the glory of God, every one of his musical pieces. So I'm with you. I can't sing. So I, I, I would, I, my joyful noise unto the Lord, I don't harm anyone. So I, I, I whisper but I've heard you're a good singer. I can hear you singing. You... I do like to sing. Um, I'm I'm kind of uh, rusty now, so uh, I'm not doing as much of it, but I do enjoy it. And I, I think that that is something that um, has been important here at Friends. You know, we've had a very strong music program. Right. And as you know, when we get together as a faculty and staff over the last 
few summers when we all come back together, we've incorporated music and worship into that. And I think it's just that coming together, being together, singing and worshiping together, there's something about that that is unique. Yeah, it is. It, it, I mean, it draws us together. It's a wonderful thing. Um, okay, so what I said earlier is you're, you have this authentic faith that no one, I think, knows you would doubts that that's what drives your life. We talked a little bit about doubt, and really not so much doubt, but just the struggles. But how do you take your your Christian faith into those challenging seasons, situations? I mean, what does that look like for you? Because I imagine someone listening is probably going through something too, a challenge, a struggle. Uh, how, right. how, how does that work for you? Before coming to Friends, I thought I had a pretty serious prayer life, and Since I've been at Friends, I would say that that's something that's become even more important. Praying for situations, praying for our faculty and staff, praying for the university, and asking others to be in prayer uh, for the things that are important. And as we've faced, you know, struggles and challenges, seeing God be so faithful in those situations and and sometimes we've just come up against things that there doesn't seem to be a real positive way forward, and, and we need God's intervention. And so prayer has been, I think, really important um, to all that I do here and what we're doing um, at the university. And so I would say that's one thing that um, is really in, significant and important. It's huge. It's huge. And and I quote Dallas Willard on this podcast almost all the time, but he was Yoda. I mean, he was the guy with all the wisdom. But I just said, you know, Dallas, what is your definition of prayer? And he said, prayer is uh, what God and I are doing together. God and I are in, involved in things. And that's what I love about what you're saying is we have a struggle, we have a challenge, whatever it is, that's going to happen. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. We have them, but then we say, God, what? let's do this together. And you, by inviting God into the situation, now things can, and that's what I've learned about God. God's not coercive. He doesn't intrude on us. If we don't want God to be a part of it, he says, okay, you know, all right, Amy, you just do that by yourself. And, but then when you say, when you turn in prayer and say, Lord, help, you know, we got this situation. Mm -hmm. God's like, all right, I'm in, let's go. And then things start to open up. And then, as you said, then you look back and see, oh, look how that worked. It's such a great testimony to the truth. And it may not be, it may not have worked out the way in which we originally designed it or or thought of it, but, you know, God has a plan and a purpose, and and if we trust him in in that way, we might be surprised. And, And I think it is, it's those moments where you get to the end of yourself, right, that you say, okay, God, I have tried all kinds of strategies yeah. here, and nothing seems to be working. And I don't know, but I know I need your intervention in this situation. And it's that molding of our will to God's will, right? And and so often it's that point at which you kind of throw your hands up. And and I I think those are the moments that next thing you know, you know, something surprising has occurred. Mm-hmm. And you thought, oh, I didn't see that, but but God did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the John Lennon song, Give Peace a Chance. I used to always think, give God a chance. Just give God a chance 
to be involved in that in that situation. And that's that's why I love Dallas's definitions, what God and I are doing together. Because God wants to work with us and to to use our own resources and intellect and and ideas and then say, let's collaborate and see what we can do. Speaking of that, so you seven years you've been here. Mm-hmm. So many wonderful things have happened, in my view, in the seven years that you've been here. I see a change in a culture, a change in the ethos of the place. You, you've set a tone early on that was not mean or strict or legalistic. Or You came in with a posture of, I'm here to serve, and this is the way we're going. And, and now, as one who's been here a long time, I look at this place and I say, wow, that's what a leader can do. A leader can come in and establish change. You didn't do a, as they say, a revolution, you know, start a big, but an evolution, a slow moving change. Did you come in knowing that that was your plan? Yes, to a, to a degree, I would say that is true. I came in pointing the direction forward and asking people to join me in this direction and the vision that we had for the university. And at that point, it was really the turnaround plan. We had a two-year revitalization and growth plan that we needed to implement right away so that we could turn the, the negative trajectory into a positive. And so we had to get that going pretty quickly. And I felt like, you know, I was just keep continually saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to move forward. And, and these are the kinds of things that will get us out of this negative trajectory and encourage people to be a part of that process and try to get that buy-in and support and keep sharing that this is the plan. And that worked well, I think, particularly for some of the financial challenges we were having at the time. We had to make some tough decisions and knew we needed to make those pretty quickly. We didn't have years to figure this out. We had just a maybe a couple years to figure mm-hmm. it out. And at the same time, we were working on our spiritual revitalization. And so in that way, uh, we want to say, here's here again is is the direction that we're headed. And this this is my role to be the champion of our Christian mission. And so helping people see that. And at, at the very beginning, my goal was to be a blessing and to bless people and to do everything I could to pray prayers of blessing. And and if if I were to uh, meet someone that was having a challenge to say, I'm going to pray about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And I think people appreciate that, right? We love blessings. We do. And, and so that was my initial goal was was to do that. The other thing, and I, my father said this as I was coming to Friends University, he said, don't do any weird Christian stuff. <laughs> and um, not that Christians are weird, but sometimes we have these, you know, practices or ideas that can seem kind of odd mm-hmm. to people that aren't familiar with them, right? Yeah. And, you know, let's all hold hands and do, you know, um, people are, are sometimes uncomfortable with that. And, and so I took that pretty seriously. And wanted to make sure that I was doing things in a way that a number of people would be comfortable. And if, if we were going to do something that kind of give it a little preamble before that, say, hey, if you don't feel comfortable in this um, situation, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was just a bit of my Good approach. Advice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
And it's a loving thing to, to take that approach because that allows people who maybe aren't coming from that perspective to say, you know, because what is most important is to see your characters, to see you, to, and, and even if, even if they don't know why they're being blessed by you and you're, you're doing that and that comes across and eventually then people trust. And then we say, that's our leader. Cause that's what you are. You're the leader and we follow. And that's how you build that buy-in. We trust that. Yeah. But there's always the decisions that you make that people don't like. And no, that doesn't happen well, ever. It does sometimes. <laughs> and, and oftentimes you make a decision and you know, you're going to upset people on either side, you yeah. know, of the, of the issue. And so it's hard to, it's hard to always have that sense of, you know, support and, you know, complete buy-in because, mm-hmm. you know, people sometimes don't like the decisions that you make. Sometimes those decisions are more operational, but other times it relates to our mission. Mm-hmm. And um, and that can really get things stirred up. And But we have to make that decision to, you know, stay true to who we are. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a quote-a-file. I love quotes. And um, one, I'd listened to a, a biography um, of, of Churchill, and he said, I should never have done anything if I had not made mistakes. And, and apparently that was something he said a lot to his advisors. In other words, he was comfortable saying, we're, we're, we're not going to please everybody, and I'm, I'm probably going to make some mistakes, but I, I'm going to try and do the best that I can. And by and large, that's, I mean, the guys did a lot, and you've done a lot in your time, just seven years. So here, here's my last question. Okay. Favorite Bible verse and why? I love the scripture in Isaiah. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they will run and not be weary. And that's a scripture that I actually used as a part of the inauguration address uh, here at Friends University. And um, it's that waiting on the Lord uh, that is sometimes very hard for me and a lot of us, I think, waiting on the Lord and that will renew our strength. And I think that's really applicable Mm -hmm. today because as we look around, it seems like so many things are zapping our strength and just causing us to be weary. Right. Uh, we've come through COVID. That's made us all so very weary. Now we're dealing with, you know, world tension mm-hmm. and and war and conflict. Um, it's, it's a weary place. Yeah. And so waiting on the Lord, renew our strength. That's, that's important to me. Yeah. And I... I, whenever I ask somebody that, I also am. I'm, I'm thinking, how do I see that in their life? Because I think that your the verse, your verse, it, it, there's a reason for it. And like mine is, um, for here in His love, not that we love God, but that God first loved us. And that's driven my whole life in ministry. You know, to tell people God loves you more than you can ever know. And I do see that in you. That you do you wait on God. You trust in Him. Not that it's easy, but I think that does define you and and your vocation. So. Thanks for the, gosh, seven years, and cheers to seven more, at least. Well, thank you, Jim, because we've been a partner in this work together. Yeah. And um, I think God knew that we needed you here for this journey for Mm. these last seven years. I don't know if we would have been able to be as successful um, in so many things, particularly in the area of Christian spiritual formation, which, you know, now we have our amazing master's program and looking ahead to the doctorate and— All that we have been able to um, do over the last seven years and 
and really setting Friends University as a leader in the area of Christian spiritual formation and leadership. And that's been critical. You've been just so, so critical to that uh, role in that journey. And so I'm, I'm very thankful to you. Amen. Thank you. Mutual admiration and respect. So Dr. Amy Bragg Carey, thank you for being on the Things Above podcast. Thank you. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>